Yeah, here. We're fine. Today. Bob yeah. Dylan's 80 today? Yeah. Today? I thought it was yesterday or the day before. Oh, well, maybe. I thought it was today. I saw uh, people posting about it today. Let's see. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> Bob Dylan. <laughs> I'm turning 80. <sighs> what is a birthday, anyway? What is <laughs> Yeah. What's oh, a yeah. birthday, anyhow? It is today. I saw a bunch of posts the other day, though. But And he's 80? Is he 80? Yes. He's 80 years old. He's 80 years old. 80 verses for my 80th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, hi, everyone. Yeah, baby. I got that, too. Welcome to Get in the Garage. Thank you, Luke, for your, the honorary train whistle. What's up, guys? I missed you last week. I was, uh, I was I knee-deep knee deep in spuds. <laughs> 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 making the chips but i listened to it and i really enjoyed it i wish your job was just like old school peeling potatoes <laughs> no machinery like i'm just in like some like eastern european army just like peeling potatoes for hours the people they need to eat they need the potatoes so michael you peel the potatoes that's what you do when you run out of points and they can't punish you anymore they give put you in a dark room you, and yeah. they make you do everything manually they make they like literally just make you peel potatoes in the dark <laughs> <laughs> you can't see anything you might cut yourself who knows look out anyway uh but yeah so you guys started the episode off with talking about the rock and roll hall of fame which i yes, enjoyed I recently did a podcast called The Rank Bank with Danny from Feel Feelings uh, and his boy David, and uh, it was a lot of fun, man. On the and network. On Check the network, out. Wasted Robot, yeah. And um, we, I don't want to like give too much away, mm. but if you listen to... if, if <laughs> doesn't want to spoil the goods. I don't want to spoil the goods, or at least I should say my picks, right? Mm. But... Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun conversation. And the rank bank, you know, obviously it is what it sounds like. Like you rank stuff. Although I will say, uh, I, it's not a banking podcast. It's not, it's not a (laughs) Deutsche bank. Number three, (laughs) (laughs) invest in Deutsche. So, uh, Jesus, you guys made me lose track of like, what the hell I was trying to say. So no. the format. So the format. Yeah. yeah. So I was under the impression that I had to, they're like, all right, we're going to rank all the artists from 2015 until 2021, the present. All the inductees. All the yeah. undu- inductees, yes. Mm-hmm. Which, according to the Wikipedia list yeah, of inductees, yeah. is 41. But that doesn't, I don't think that includes, that doesn't include like the Producers. performance categories. Mm-hmm. There's like the subcategories, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like that are kind of like mm-hmm. sit just below like the main big inductees. Uh and so I ranked 41 of them, and I sent it to David, and I'm like, hey, here you go, man. And he's like, wow, thanks for going above and beyond. I really appreciate that. We're only doing top sevens, though. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I ranked 41. How am I supposed to rank Journey against Tupac? And you made me do this task, and now I only needed seven? What the I, fuck? 
But they're great. I love Tupac. them. It's way Tupac's better than Journey. Better than <laughs> right, of course. But you know what I'm trying to say, though? It's just like there's such a difference in terms of yeah. the types of music. It's like how yeah, do you... Yeah, one's good and one's bad. You'll, yeah. <laughs> but let's like how do you find... You know what I'm saying? Like how do you rank yeah. it? What are the... What are the well, you do it faithfully. The, yeah. Joan Baez <laughs> versus NWA. It's kind of a large chasm in between the two. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a rumble in the <laughs> rumble in the canyons. <laughs> it's just a wheel in the sky. Uh, so anyway... Uh, it was a lot of fun though, and check out the Rank Bank. They have a lot of cool stuff. I don't think that episode's gonna come out for like another like week or two, I mm-hmm. think, or something like that, because they have to edit it and stuff. The we had there was another guest. I want to say his name was Eric, uh, but his internet connection kept going down, so I kept dropping out. It was, uh, it was yeah. But anyway, um, so this year's inductees, you guys did the Joaquin Phoenix Gladiator style uh, thumbs up, thumbs middle, thumbs down. Yes, we did. Uh, so I figured we would do just a quick uh, recap of recap. your of your uh, yeah. views. So I'll go thumbs up for Tina Turner. Okay. How about Carol King? Thumbs up. The Go Go's. You mean the Bangles? <laughs> oh no, the no, Go Go's. No, yeah, the Go Go's. Uh, I'm gonna go thumbs down because it's like who cares? Yes. How about Jay Z? Thumbs way up. Yep. Uh, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. I'll say if my if you're looking at my thumb, there's up, there's middle. I'm gonna go like maybe like one o'clock. Mm. I'm gonna go a diagonal kind of up, kind of midway through. So all the peasants may not be able to read it, and they'll they might let the tiger out to devour. Them. Maybe we maybe. don't know. It's you get bit in the leg by, or you, <laughs> you get bit by a tiger. Tiger's choice. Yeah. Oh Ti- sure. Yeah, there we're you go. speared in the thigh, not in the <laughs> yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, like right on with Foo Fighters. Yeah, we, I mean, you guys got into it just talking about Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters on that last episode, so I don't want to get like too long winded in it. But I mean, he basically is the ambassador for rock and roll, so you kind of can't mess yeah. with that. First album was what, like 1996, so it's been a little yeah. while. But uh, but yeah, you know, I'm 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 on the fence with it. But yeah, they're a first ballot. They are. Yeah. Yes. Because you have to be 25 years after your first recording was released. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Foo Fighters self-tub might have been 95, maybe 96, but... Hmm. So, first ballot, though. Oh, interesting. Wow, first ballot. Jay-Z, same thing. Reasonable Doubt released in 96, first ballot. yeah. And Uh, everybody else is not first ballot. No. Yeah, I'm like... All right, so the rest of them. Charlie Patton, I'll say yeah, because, I mean, he's, like, basically... He's basically Robert Johnson. Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. just the the origin story of blues music, which morphed into rock and roll. What about Todd Rundgren? Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm oh. giving thumbs. And I'm not even for like the wealth of music that he supplied the world with, but strictly on the basis that he did the soundtrack for Dumb and Dumber. That's where I think Todd Rundgren <laughs> really shines as an artist. <laughs> he did the Carnival Cruise commercials. Did he? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Todd. Yeah. I, I think his greatest contribution is his production of Meat Loaf's Bad Out of Hell, personally. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's what I mean. He did, ever he did a little bit of everything. Of uh, classic albums where he's like talking about how the, they did the guitar, mm-hmm. like um, revving engine sound mm-hmm. that's on the song Bad Out of Hell. And mm-hmm. Todd's like, yeah, they just wanted something that sounded like a car, so I just played it, and then, then that was it. I don't really like meatloaf. And he's just like... <laughs> I don't really like meatloaf. He's just like red and bloated, and he has like his skunk two-color-dyed two, dot, two color dyed hair. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah, he's... Kid. He's an interesting guy. But yeah. sunglasses. I'll give him... I'll give Todd a thumbs up, though. What about Kraftwerk? Um, I don't know enough about Kraftwerk to say uh, yay or nay. I'll give them a middle thumb, just on staying indifferent. How about Gil Scott Heron? 
Yeah, I'll go for Gil Scott Heron. He he did um, what's the big song? The Revolution. The Revolution only televised. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That I like that album. Yeah, that's a good album. Yeah, that's his second album. I think Revolution will not be televised. It's also on his first album, but his first album is all accompanied by like the the bongo like <laughs> yeah. slam poetry, and then the second album they had like funk musicians playing. Yeah, so yeah. I'll get I'll yeah I'll give him a thumbs up. What about so musical excellence award, which is where we get into like uh, what does it mean? The LL hairs. Cool J. Yeah, I'll give LL Cool J a thumbs up. He made excellent music. Because, I mean, he needs love. And he does. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, I think that LL Cool J has kind of become like a meme of himself in, in many right. ways, like in present day. But I think, I'm, I don't, I obviously don't have memory of it because when LL Cool J was in, I was not, you know, yeah. I mean, I was technically alive, but, um, or before, it was, you know, whatever. So No, you weren't. Yeah, no. Now that I'm thinking of it, I mean, he was probably he was probably big in '89, right? But yeah. it's like it was yeah. still slightly before. Uh, Going back to Cali, that was that era. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll give him a thumbs up. I think because I think I think LL Cool J did a lot for yeah. the musical community. And if you talk to to like kind of like old school hip hop heads, LL Cool J is on the short list of like who was like the biggest when you were young. If you were talking to like a forty, what six, seven, eight year old. They'd be like, yeah, LL Cool J all day. To be fair, you did show up to this podcast wearing a bucket hat, a tracksuit with no shirt, and a big dookie chain. So I, we know well, where you stand. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want to... Did I give too much away? <laughs> Is it too obvious? <laughs> um, and then how about Billy Preston? Yeah, I'll give Billy Preston a thumbs up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Any need to defend it? We got into it a lot because for, no, me, for I, yeah, me, it's well, kind of like, I mean... He's a good artist, but also yeah. But I mean, because this is this is just the this the, these aren't like the big accolades, right? This is just kind know of like the this is like the silver versus the gold for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm guessing these, you know? these are the bronze. These are the cases they put in the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't get. I mean, you guys talked about it, so we how about Randy Rhodes? Now, Randy Rhodes is one that is interesting because you guys kind of had a back and forth on it. Back and forth about how we're both in hard disagreement about it. Yeah, um, I don't know. Because if you think about it, it was really the two. It was what? Randy Rhodes and and Eddie Van Halen. But, like, don't get it twisted. It's Eddie Van... Who is it really? Who changed it all? Eddie Van Halen. Randy Rhodes was good, but, like, I feel like Richie Blackmore was already bringing the flavor that Randy Rhodes was kind of bringing, too. In comparison, Eddie Van Halen was... Give, it's, it was completely new and fresh and different and like just outrageous. But as a guitar player with Randy Rhodes, like yeah, he was on like two great Ozzy Osbourne albums. He laid the groundwork for kind of what would become Ozzy's legacy, right? In a way. Yo, you know what's crazy? What Ozzy is is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. He's not. No, but oh, fucking Randy Rhodes. But Randy Rhodes got what him before him. Oh my god! Yeah, because I was like thinking you started talking about it, and I didn't even think about this last week. I was like, "Is Ozzy in as a solo act?" I know Sabbath is, and then I was like, "No, he's not." Well, this is when we Weird. get into like, what do they all mean? What does the musical excellence category mean? Because on the Wikipedia page of like all the inductees, yeah, LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rose are not listed. Right, it's like a subcategory. Right, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what does it mean? 
Um, I would like to point out, though, that Ozzy Osbourne is in the WWE Hall of Fame. For what? For, uh, I don't know. Contribution Kicking to the ass, bro. Taking <laughs> names. <laughs> worshiping <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Being fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, <he knows>. <laughs> <laughs> Being fucking cool. You ever Jesus, hear that? Yeah, what are you, a goddamn square? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh man! So anyway, yeah, there you go. There's <laughs> your the, thoughts. There's my thoughts. Uh, um, could I also? Uh, I have a little bit of uh, a business to uh, to throw out here. Yeah. Uh, as to last episode, uh, I'd like to play a fun game with y'all um, that me and Jeff uh, kind of started last week. Oh yeah. Okay. And this fun game is going to be called. Is it a Bengals song or is it a Go-Go song? <laughs> Uh-oh. As we could not distinguish the bands apart, and we do not listen to them at all. Um, and we know nothing about them. I thought it would be a fun game to play. Yeah, let's go for it. Are we able to play clips, or are you just going to say song titles? Song titles. Okay. We're going to go. This is all on feel, That's guys. That's even harder. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I don't. I'll just do it. I have no idea. Okay, okay. This is, a, this is a cover made famous. So who did this cover? Of oh, I already know. Hazy Shade of Winter. Michael. Uh, I, I is it the Bangles or the Go Go's? Who uh, had a hit in the eighties with a remake of Simon and Garfunkel's "Hazy Shade of Winter"? I'll say Go Go's. Uh, the no. Bangles is off of the Less Than Zero soundtrack. I have no idea. Jeff this really is, did know that. Starring Robert De- Robert Downey Jr. Oh, it's from like nineteen eighty five. Bob Downey Jr. He's a, he's a good actor. He Here is. we go. Bob. Next song. Walking down the street. Produced by Rick Rubin. That that single. Oh, the old caveman. Walking, walking down, down the, the street. street. Is this a Bangle song or a Go-Go's right. song? So I know... This is walk, just a game I, for Jeff. Let me I just know drink my a, coffee. And there's just there's a Jeff I have walk no like an Egyptian is Bangle's. So walking down the street, I think it would be hard for the Bangle's to have two songs about walking, so I'm going to say Go-Go's. It's a Bangle's. It's a Bangle's too. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. Here we go. logic on that one. Okay. The song Cool Jerk. Is this a oh. Bangles tune or a Go-Go song? Michael, Cool Jerk, what do we think? I don't fucking know, cool, man. Cool Jerk, we're going to oh, I, I'll, I'll I, say, I, I, well, the the answer for the last one was... Bangles. Bangles, so I'll say Go-Go's. Okay, Jeffrey, what I do was, you think? I'm going to guess Go-Go's, too. You guys are correct. Wow. Ding, 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 Cool I don't Jerk. Even, I don't even know that song. We both have one point. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing the 50-50 game here. Like, I, the last one was Bangles, so I guess this one should be Go-Go's. The song... Manic Monday. We uh, did this on last episode. Oh. Let's see if you're listening. Who did it, Michael? Oh. Manic Monday. Is it a Bangles song or a Go-Go's song? That's, that was Go-Go's, wasn't it? I think I, I thought it was Go-Go's, but it's actually Bangles, so I'm going to say Bangles. Ah, is it Bangles? It's the Bangles. Oh, God damn it. Manic Monday. Yeah. Let's go. Bangles um, are much better. They better be in the Rocket Hall of Fame if the Go-Go's are. Big hit here. Big hit. Vacation. Oh, that is Vacation. the Go-Go's. That's Go-Go's. Yes. Yeah, that um, one I know. Correct. Correct. Because Go-Go's are much more that bubblegum style. Bangles are more that rock style. All right. We got yeah. we got one more for you. How much more? Is this a Go-Go song or a Bangles song? Uh, I'm saying Go-Go's. I'll go Bangles. It's the Go-Go's. Oh. No. What a fun game, guys. Blow, blow the drill the other honorary train whistle. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that was it. Was this the go? Is this the go goes or the bangles? We'll have to come up with another with more games like that where it's like, is this Metallica or is this Megadeth? God damn, man! Hello, me. Please, yeah, please tell me bangles are in the Rocker Hall of Fame then. Oh man, we should do um, (laughs) Smash Mouth or Sugar Ray. Oh, that would be a good one. That's easy. 
I'm a fan of both. So <laughs> I'm, well, I'm well versed in the arts yeah, of man. the Junko Gene Rock. <laughs> oh man! Um, if you, if anybody would have a suggestion of a uh, either or game like that that we could play, please send them in. Yeah, yeah that would be a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, today's a special day, May 24th. It is indeed. Um, is the 80th birthday of crusty old Bob Dylan. So. Sir, sir, Bob Sorry, Dylan. Sorry, sir, Bob Dylan. <laughs> He's never been knighted formally, but. <laughs> um, so happy birthday, Bob Dylan. Happy birthday your to con- you. Your contribution to music in America is immeasurable, and I still don't really ever listen to you, but <laughs> happy, happy birthday to you. I listened to enough Bob for the three of us. <laughs> oh, have you? Yeah. Have you ever, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, now he's much more, he's like Tom Waits now. Yeah. He sings it all that is. Yeah, because he's just old and crusty. I feel like he's like turning into like like the Sandman or something. <laughs> like that. That's. It's just like I don't know. I do. Would you send the picture to the group chat of Bob Dylan? Yeah, the one across the street. I thought it was someone's grandmother. No, <laughs> so <laughs> I I only posted that picture. Like I don't care that there's a paparazzi photo of Bob Dylan, but I did care because it was the first time he's been uh, publicly photographed mm. in ten years. I wonder really? if Bob like, Dylan he's been photographed oh, in public in, in yeah. concerts, but it's the first time that mm. somebody has seen Bob Dylan not at a concert date. He was yeah. dripped out, man. Public. He was looking good. Dude, he was yeah. dripped out. He's like had that like fresh looking shirt on, the fucking boots. The black man. was black. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. He I don't know. He's just like he's old turning Uncle like Bob. he's always been mysterious, but yeah. he, now he's just like a mysterious, cool old guy, which is mm. even cooler. I don't know. I yeah. dig it. I hope Bob Dylan does the Tony Bennett thing where he does like albums of duets in his later years. Because <laughs> that, that would be cool. Who would you want Bob Dylan to duet with in the later I mean, you years? mentioned Sugar Ray. Let's get Mark McGrath on a track. <laughs> let's get Mark McGrath on a track. Bob's just like, so smooth. <laughs> oh, let's do that one. Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. <laughs> Santana and Rob Thomas presents Bob Dylan Smooth. <laughs> No, man. So, so smooth. You know, like on like Thunder, I don't know if you ever heard that Dylan tune from like 10 years ago, but it's called like Thunder on the Mountain, and he like uh, no. name drops Alicia Keys in it. Oh. I, w- I would like to do like a Bob Dylan, like Alicia Keys, <laughs> something like that. That would be cool. weird out yeah. there. You know what I mean? Alicia Keys, like she doesn't do any of the, she's not big into like the auto tune and all that kind of stuff. Right. She's like likes to keep it raw, so that might be a good fitting. Yeah, yeah. something weird like that. Be they would be interesting because like I thought I would hate the Sinatra's cover albums that he did, but I love like I Triple like It. I love mm-hmm. that. I think his voice was like so well suited for that. And, yeah, you know, different textures. Yeah, I think his voice would go well with like an Allison Krauss or like uh, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I don't know, Shania Twain maybe would be a fun oh. one. <laughs> I what? don't know. I'm going off. I just want to hear Bob Dylan sing songs over <laughs> Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard and <laughs> Microtonal Madness. That's what I want. That to would be cool if, yeah, if he like, like, like if Bob Dylan meets like Ty Siegel or like some weird oh, yeah, yeah. fucking crazy concoction of strangeness. Oh my god! Like the like the Lou Reed I was just Metallica there. Lulu album. <laughs> 
Does oh man, I actually so speaking of Lou Reed, I read like a uh, it was like a really hard burn. It, I forget who they were burning someone's like third act that is not turning out the way they wanted it to. But they're like, man, they're giving Lou Reed a, a run for their money on the worst <laughs> third act. <laughs> and uh, I think it's pretty true. Lou Reed had literally, I think, the worst third act I've ever seen. He just he didn't give a fuck when he was twenty five years old. But yeah, I like so I, I don't I don't know. It's hard well, to judge. I think he did, and like I think he like tried really hard mm. and then like i feel like he yeah. his third act was trying really hard mm. Spe- well like speaking of lou reed and trying really hard like that was a thing that like when i was looking at the rock and roll hall of fame breakdown and stuff where i had like lou reed on my list this isn't spoiling anything because he wasn't on my list anyway but like the question then is is lou reed the important artist or is the velvet underground the important group you know what i mean like what at what point do you separate velvet underground right but it's like Stevie Nicks was on was up for grabs on that list, I but I didn't know. put Stevie well, Nicks high up because it was like, well, yeah. it's Fleetwood Mac. It's not and like and like all yeah. due respect to Stevie Nicks. I don't know. I think. See, I think. I think. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think know. it's the Velvet Underground is the most important because John Cale's equally as important yeah. in his weirdoness, right. yeah. but like Lou Reed's the songwriter right. in the situation. But yeah. I don't know. It's kind of the Tina Turner argument, right? Where, you know, on. She's tied to like Turner, whether anybody likes it or not, musically for a large portion of her career. And then, as a solo artist, that's really only her stuff in the '80s and '90s. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, what's love got to do it? And, and that's about it. Right. Right. I mean, she did make music, so no disrespect to that. But all, but as far as iconic music, yeah, it's the, Ike, the stuff. It's the like Tina stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, hmm. uh. So happy birthday, Bob Dylan! You crusty, you crusty old prune. We should do an episode of uh, third acts. Who like who has had like a great like third act revival? Off the top of your head, three favorite Bob Dylan albums. Oh, off the top of my head, yeah. Uh, um, Freewheeling, okay. uh, bringing it all back home. Okay. Uh, Nashville skyline. Those are probably my. I'll three go bring it all played. back home. Uh, Blood on the tracks. Not a bad album. Solid. And Planet Waves, baby. Oh, for the, Planet for Waves. For the Sleeper Underdog album. It's a, that's a killer. In my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Blood on the Tracks, Blonde on Blonde. Oh, well, yeah. And I forgot about Blonde Nashville Skyline. My, yeah, Nashville Skyline's like... Great choices, Jeffrey. But uh, <laughs> if I were to switch one out, it'd be definitely be free willing. Bob Dylan, that's like my favorite. Is that where he's shuffling on the city street? Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. I love that one. Like er, as far as like that's early acoustic, album? yeah. Because yeah. like the first one doesn't like super do it for me. I like it, but then and then the third one times are changing is like too heavy. The first album sometimes. First album yeah. is where you got your hat style from, though. Yes. So all credit to that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know it, man? Oh man. Want to take a break? Yeah, we could take a quick break. Quick, and then, uh, quick commercial break. Quick commercial break, uh, and we'll come back with more Get in the Garage funness. We'll be right back. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, 
and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Start, yeah, you know, and um, he fucking posted a picture of his bins and it said blues, ja- uh, jazz blues, and I wrote blues. His bins. Oh, Noble Records? Yeah, his bins said uh, jazz blues or whatever, one or the other. And I wrote on it, I wrote blues, jazz, really. And Did he comment back? Yeah, he was like, what are you talking about? And I sent him the clip from fucking Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. And then somebody else wrote Spinal Tap, question mark, and yes. I was like, yes. Yeah, that's another one. We'll have to do an episode on that at some point. Oh yeah, Stumpy Joe. For our next, for our next, get in the garage goes to the movies. Seen it in many years. Yes, Stumpy Joe. Stumpy it was Joe. a flash of a, a big green light, a, and it was just glob, globule. Globule. <laughs> you can't dust. You can't vomit. Vomit. Oh, just the, the the album review shark sandwich. I like how one of their <laughs> like shit sandwich. One of the drummers was Stumpy Joe, but their earlier drummer was Stumpy Pete. <laughs> yeah, Stumpy, <laughs> it's like, yes, why? yeah, so funny. Stumpy, Stumpy Pete, Stumpy Joe peeps. Oh, okay. oh man, well welcome Inter- back, intervenous Demilo, intervenous Demilo. The the, the um, gospel like, according to what day did God grace my death? Why could he have rest on that day? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, that's the next movie episode. Yeah, we have to do that. So, anyway, well, we're back from break. I hope you enjoyed the the ad read. Yeah, it was uh, a good read. It was a good read for me on Anchor, and uh, I'm not sure which which podcast ad is in rotation for this week, but I'm it's sure it was probably either. a good one. It's probably a good one. Yeah, probably uh, feel feelings most likely. Oh. I would assume. Or the rank bank because the rank bank, mm. I did the rank bank, so that would be wasted home. robot. Check out the wasted pods. robot. Wasted robot. <laughs> you say something, Luke? No, uh, I, I was, <laughs> that I was, was Luke. Just listening. Oh, that was was yeah, that, that Luke? Was me. Uh, anyway, Jeffrey, you want to usher us into the next segment? Uh, sure. We're celebrating another birthday of sorts. Yes, sir. So this, this week, this week was the fiftieth anniversary of the release of Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" album. Yes. Which is a milestone R&B soul album. I did not know this, or maybe I knew it, but then was reminded of it. Uh, The Rolling Stone magazine did the 500 greatest albums of all time. I believe the first list was in 2003. The second was 2012. And then they did another update last year. Um, This latest update had much more of a, um, including albums from recent decades, much more, uh, showing of black artists and female artists. They polled a lot more current musicians as opposed to 70-year-old musicians. They, you know, So a reading of the top 10 as it stands in 2020. 10, Lauryn Hill, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. 9, Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. 8, Prince and the Revolution's Purple Rain. 7, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. 6, Nirvana's Nevermind. 5, The Beatles' Abbey Road. Four, Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. Three, Joni Mitchell's Blue. Two, The Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. And number one on the 2020 list, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Wow. Yes. Nice. Which I think on the two previous lists was still like a top 15, but yeah. it is now yep. number one. Sgt. Pepper's was number one forever. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think, I think it's pretty appropriate because it's an album that touches on 
social injustice and police brutality and war and drug addiction and yeah. all sorts of still relevant American themes. And the trees. And the trees and the planet. And yeah, and so yeah. Um, it's it's good to see that album at number one. Marvin Gaye's What's Going On is like one of my favorite albums personally of all time. It's like a song suite. It's meaning it reuses themes and it kind of like stays in the same keys on a lot of songs. Yeah. And it kind of just, it's it's moody and it kind of like just drifts around. Um, so it's not like hit, 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 hit. Yeah. So it's very different as far as albums are made today. I can't think of any album that really has that kind of structure. No, I, 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 would, I would say I, I can't think of any album that has that kind of structure, but I could definitely say that like when I turn on, say, maybe like a college radio station and I hear mm-hmm. like this like sort of like dreamy, poppy, rocky mm-hmm. kind of college radio bands and you listen to that and you hear yeah. that like all these like these voices and it's like soaking and reverb and echo and delay and all that stuff like behind his like right. kind of like dry mm-hmm. uh, mixed voice like yeah man yeah. you know i love that stuff it's it's a very moving album it's t- it's kind yeah. of a hard listen in that way yeah for yeah, me because it's like i have to it's like dark side where i find yeah, that like yeah. i have to sit down and listen to the whole thing front to back and if i can't do that i just don't listen to it yeah it, it is it is like that way because like Dark Side, I might listen to Money on its own or yeah. Time on its own. Same way, uh, What's Going On. I might listen to What's Going On on its own. Yeah. Or like Inner Suit Blues, I might listen to that on its own. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's you. It's you. better to sit down and listen to it. It's only 36 minutes long. It's not a big risk. Right. Um, it's nine tracks. It's like the best of Motown. It's all the studio musicians, the Funk Brothers Collective playing on it. Um, most notably, it's... I. I forgot it sequenced this way, so I don't know if it was recorded in this way or it just put in this order accidentally. But the first five tracks are all James Jamerson on bass, and then the last four tracks are all Bob Babbitt on bass. Oh, okay. It's kind of interesting that it's split that way. Um, but, yeah, great bass playing, notably great string arrangements by David Vanderpitt and members of the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of like the best recordings like Motown did. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like pure like as a whole statement. It's definitely yeah. up to that point. I think it's like the best Motown album. Yeah. That's I LA mean, Motown though, right? That's no, after th- this, this is, is Detroit. This is still is Detroit? Yeah. Detroit Motown, I think. They moved to LA, I think it's 72. Oh, okay. And this was recorded in 70 and 71. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, God bless America. God bless this pollen count. <laughs> Holy Christ. Uh yeah, it's a great it's a great <laughs> It's a great album. Yeah, um I was just like, you know, like it has like a lot of we were saying like I mean like has like the treat like I love like Mercy Mercy Me on this record. Yeah. And like it you're right, like it all really does like have the same kind of motifs that like mm. flow throughout, so it's you know, you're like, "Oh, does that kind of every song kind of sounds reminiscent of the one before it but not in a bad way it's, yeah. they all have like different flavors but it's like you know it's like reading a book kind of yeah and it's definitely for me like it stands out like i said for motown production because it's just like you know on a lot of like motown you have like hits just going for hits and singles and like working really hard on that and then the album tracks are kind of you know sometimes yeah. a lot of filler but on here it was just such a artistic statement especially for soul music at that point too yeah it's interesting to you that this should be that this was his 11th album yeah you know so it was it's kind of like i feel like it like took him a little while to kind of get to the magnum opus you know like that is 
what's yeah. going on. Because most of the time, you know what I'm trying to say? Like most most artists you see, they kind of were. I mean, I guess Stevie Wonder had a, a whole bunch of albums before like the, you know, mm. the the five album stretch where it was just the The crazy thing is, I mean, like Marvin Gaye did do a lot of, um, you know, the great work and like after what's going on too. Mm-hmm. But like the crazy thing is too is what's going on clearly stands out as like what you know what i mean like yeah. way at, like leaps and bounds ahead of i think anything else he'd ever did yeah. so that's like the other kind of crazy yeah. thing about this record too is it's solidly like you know yeah it makes sense too because it's him mid-career he's like 32 33 when he made this album and it's like it's this whole piece as a statement on the times which i think that's why it holds up as like a historical document yeah. because it's all directly opposing um, the Vietnam war. And it's, it's right after kind of the hippie generation is starting to turn a little sour and a little darker and a little more violent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's talking about the hippie themes, but in a much more grounded way. And uh, yeah, the singing on it is great. The songwriting is great. It's yeah, just like, like we didn't even really talk. Is... Like the even just like the singing on this record is so solidly yeah. like you know. I mean, Marvin mm. Gaye was a great singer his whole career, but yeah. this is just he just does those beautiful like he pairs his own harmonies with himself, and they don't try to be like locked together. They kind of like drift in and out of yeah. time with each other, and it's very dreamy and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreamy is a great way to describe this record too. Yeah, like all definitely. The, the strings. Yeah, it's mm. kind of like you get lost in it and yeah and that's the thing with him i remember i was having a conversation with somebody i was like hey man you got to get hip to some marvin Gaye," and they're like oh that's baby making music man that's not really my thing and i'm like you clearly haven't listened to what's going on because what's going on is not baby making music like you know but that's what i'm saying like i think sometimes unfortunately he just get you know people think marvin Gaye, let's get it on it's more that kind of like you know what i'm trying to say sexual healing yeah sexual healing it's more and like yeah, yeah he did write those types of songs but at the same time, like, you listen to an album like this and you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, it just makes you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a bigger. Yeah. And he was an interesting dude because he had yeah. his own mental health issues. He had his own addiction issues. Um, like, if you want to talk about baby making music, he has an album that he made that I guess it's baby making music. But the background of it, it's an album called Hear My Dear. And it's like he was at the end of his contract and he needed to present an album to the record label. And he was shacked up with Barry Gordy's sister. Mm-hmm. They got together when he was like 19 and she was like f- almost 40. Yeah. So he was still with her and he needed to deliver an album to her record label that she was a part owner of. And he was seen like a 16, 17 year old girl at the time. Yikes. Which, yikes. So he made this whole album about his love and lust for this 16-year-old girl and then gave it to his wife's record label. It's fucking crazy. Wow. It's crazy. And if you listen to the album, you're like, oh, yeah, getting down, like slinky and sexy. It's like this is some of the most diabolical fucking crazy (laughs) shit because it's just nuts. It's it's crazy. Well, I think that's that's the thing, right? Like once you get the context of it where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this was was, – at that time, mm-hmm. what twenty-something-year-old Marvin Gaye writing, yeah. writing his lustful thoughts? Oh, no, well, he was like almost forty at that point. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this was, yeah, this was this after was later, later, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. So, so like this album, it's like you can listen to a song and you know, flying high, and that's the thing though. Sky. Like, at, at, it's about shooting up heroin. It's like, yeah, 
At what point do you do you separate the art from the artist? You know, that's the question. <laughs> that's the yeah, question. I mean, often. It's always, yeah, often. Often, yeah. Often. Um, yeah. Or almost all the time, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this art, this work is just, it's seminal. It stands alone. It's just like, listening to it uh, again before this podcast, there's really one song that kind of stands out that's not really in line with the rest of the whole thing. And that's the song that starts off. It's like jazz flute and uh, Latin percussion. It's mm. right on. Yep. Um, right on. It's like the only one that kind of doesn't have that dreamy thing. And it kind of goes back to like out of the fog mm. of it all. And it has like the guiro. Like... I think it's a good bring in on side two though. Because yeah, yeah. like <clears throat> the first side of it is so dreamy and like la- like uh, soundscapey. Because like... You know what I mean? You start off with like the statement, and then you get what's what's go uh, what's happening, brother. You know what I mean? And then you kind of which is basically a coda to yeah. what's going on. Yeah. yeah, right. And then you know, yet save the children, children, same kind of thing. And mm-hmm. you know, and then it goes into mer- and that's all kind of the same. Yeah, you know, thing. And then by the time like I, when I listened to it, I listened to it this morning too mm-hmm. again. And then I by the time you flip it over, you know. That song is like a clear switch up for me, and so it's like kind of like a breath of fresh air. Palette cleanse, yeah, palette yeah, cleanse yeah. to start side two and yeah. like finish it off really strong. But you're right; it it mm. doesn't it is a clear like other way from what yeah. he had on the A side. I, I love the percussion on this album. Um, provided on seven of the nine songs, you know the guy's good at playing percussion when your name is Eddie Bongo Brown. <laughs> like. <laughs> like it just goes stands to reason, um, and then on th- on that song right on, it's Earl DeRuin who was the percussionist for Donny Hathaway's stuff the like next year, and then on the last track, Inner City Blues, that's Bobby Hall on the famous um, the bongo beat on, oh, okay. on Inner City Blues. That's Bobby Hall, who notable female percussionist like. Talk about breaking into an industry that doesn't really accept you. She was like, I think she was 20 or 21 when she performed on this album. And she's performed with everybody. Um, yeah, I, I love the, uh, and the other, the strings are really memorable. The other thing that I love is, uh, it sounds like a bell set, like chimes, but it's really, it's an instrument called a Celeste, which is basically like a toy piano version of chi- a chime set. But you hear that throughout the entire album. Those those bell like melody things going on, coloring out the yeah, sound. Yeah, like the ding ding ding. Yeah, like all it's those all over every song. Um, and that's Johnny Griffith who played on played the Celeste for for this album. Hmm. But it's just like it's that Bruce Springsteen has a lot of that sound. Um, Beach Boys have a lot of that kind of Celeste sound. So I think that was a cool element. Right on. Nice. Do you have a favorite I... favorite song? Or songs on the high, high moments. Uh, Mercy, mercy me is my favorite. Yeah, um, I just love the groove of it because mm. um, mm-hmm. it's like you know it's kind of it's really really chill mm-hmm. um, and it's you know about saving the trees and the plants and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, where have all the flowers gone? Like I like you know I just mm. I dig that whole side of it. So yeah, mercy mercy me is like stand out. I don't I I I kind of have to just go with like the haunting first. Yeah, part of the whole album, like what's going on into what's happening, brother. Like, yeah, yeah. That for me is just like so, like so emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love "Save the Children" too. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all you know, obviously right. all of it. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it was like because the first time I listened to it, 
you know, like it opened, like the way the album opens and everything for me was just so like a holy shit. Like my reaction to it mm. was so intense. So uh, that's why I probably have to pick like the first, you know. Yeah, I think if I have to pick one, it would actually be the closer in the Shade Blues, Make Me Holler. It's just the restatement of everything and the groove and it's so minimal and yeah. the da 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 um, yeah, and I love the like triangle and the beat and stuff. But Mercy Mercy Me is my number two, and then Flying High would be my number three because it's so dreamy. And it just has that like wandering bass line that just like doom, 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 doom. it's like all over the place. It's like walking bass line, but like it's against the beat. It like doesn't make any sense really. Mm. Or, like, or it makes sense because it doesn't make sense. I also like like the spoken word and save the children, yeah, yeah. all that good stuff. Oh yeah, where he speaks and then he sings yeah. the echoes. He's yeah. Like, no, no, yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. gets like the the line out high on top. I think God is love. It. He does the same thing too, where yeah. he says something and then there's the song repeats. Yeah, I love that part because I don't know. I just like the like the call and response to mm-hmm. it, and but definitely I don't know. I just like the groove, especially yeah. on Mercy Mercy Me, where it's like yeah. You know, it's got, right. like, the good, like, on the ups, and it's all accented yeah. heavily on, like, different percussion things mm-hmm. and, like, wood blocks and stuff. Who? Someone did a version of that that I thought was pretty decent. It might have been, like, John Mayer or something. like. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah. Hmm. I think it was a live version, maybe. Um, I would like to do a little segment, music news, if we can. Of course. I've seen some... Welcome to Get in the Garage News Network. I'm Emmanuel Thresher, and this is your musical news for the day. This just in. Uh, no, so I saw a couple of headlines that I wanted to discuss I thought oh, were interesting. Yes. Okay. Uh, so George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic announce a live return. Yeah, they're hitting Westville Music Center in 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 New Haven. Yeah, baby. Westville Music Bowl, I think. So yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, we're yeah. gonna uh, return we to Bootsy the Cosmic is, Slop. No, Bootsy. is Bootsy attending no. the? No, Bootsy has his own thing going on. Does he? I thought. I mean, George Clinton did kind of in a big way announce this big retirement thing only like two years ago. Yeah. I remember I read that. I yeah, read the write up in Rolling Stone. Wasn't he on like yeah. with Questlove and all that stuff? Like yeah, when that right. whole thing was kind of happening. Yeah, he did that interview that was really hard to understand anything he said. I'm pretty well because I think he's like rocks for forty years. years. <laughs> Cinder blocks and smoking rocks. <laughs> We're gonna make those T-shirts, by the way, Luke. Just as a heads up. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean that's what all I think it's what everybody does. How many farewell tours have the Eagles done? You know, it's like, how many? Yeah, I mean. I feel like Motley the crew. I feel like Parliament them. should just like tour with or without Clinton yeah, at this point because right. like someone some some greasy hippie is going to show. Up. Yeah, he's like he's the leader, he, but he's like the mascot. Like it's good to have him there, but he doesn't yeah. need to be there. Yeah, he, he doesn't even like he just could be on stage like shaking yeah. the tam. He doesn't even do yeah. anything. He I, well, just I feel be like there. because they have fifteen people singing. Dude, if at they once anyway, if they just had him up on stage like rolling ones, like I, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I think I feel like the, like Parliament Funkadella could just be like a, it's like a traveling circus. It's like yeah. it, like people just come in and out. You know, you have a you know you have a couple different uh, uh, acrobats and uh, you know. I know he has his like grandkids or some of the vocalists now. Mm, I wonder. I wonder. I don't know. Makes you wonder. Do they need money? Yeah, me, and my grandson, rocks to do. <laughs> 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 My, my little girl, patty cakes. Patty cakes. 
Um, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Seriously, best, he's a fucking spaceman. The best thing though is, I think it was when he was on Questlove's podcast, and he's just like, "Yeah, I, I, I celebrated like my seventy sixth birthday." I was kind of like, "Man, maybe I should stop smoking crack now." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh, it dawns on you, it dawns on you at seventy six. Maybe I should stop smoking crack now." Times are changing. I mean, talk about a functioning addict, though. I mean, good for him. Talk at least about he was f- able to do it. Right Put the funk in functioning addict. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah, I saw another funny one that was Quincy Jones said, I would have never worked with Elvis Presley because he was a racist. Hey. And I'm like, you know what? Most likely. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, but that's the thing. Like, also, it, Elvis was like, like the Beatles went and visited Elvis, and they're like, yeah, we kind of thought he was going to kill us, so we left. <laughs> like, you He's a weird dude. I you mean, can't be that high on, on amphetamines no. and not seem like a danger to yourself and those around you. And like... I'm a king, see? Look out, man. Raised a poor white man in a predominantly African-American city and then becoming a extremely wealthy man, white man, in the same predominantly African-American city. Yeah. He probably had a lot of fucking fear and hate in his heart, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting because, yeah. like, let's be real here. I mean, the guy basically just ripped off, you know, like Little Richard and yeah, and all that. He did his you thing. Know? He did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing. But you know, I love like uh, the older Quincy Jones gets, and then the, <laughs> and then they just like keep like because he's like you know Quincy's a partier. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know if you watched that documentary about yeah, him. Yeah, oh yeah, I did. He's like a super partier, and so they just like catch him saying like you know like we're doing those podcasts all the time talking shit. He's like, ah, fuck the Beatles, they suck. You know? <laughs> Which, like, if you're if you're Quincy Jones, and the music you make is very profoundly like perfect and on point all the time, and yeah. like not, you know what I mean? And a lot of sloppiness in the Beatles. So I mean, like, I can get where you're coming from, but it's like, you know, it's funny. Like they just keep him like saying stuff that like you know is outrageous my favorite thing in that documentary is him asking everybody what their astrological sign is <laughs> he's like what are you gemini oh yeah miles davis was a gemini yeah, you, you know like, <laughs> like that you know he's like oh you're a virgo oh yeah someone's always a virgo my my favorite part is rashida jones being like daddy you gotta quit drinking he's like i like to party yeah <laughs> he's just hobbling you, around yeah, don't you man. worry about it he's like 86 he has like 20 26 year old girlfriends yeah and he's like let me tell you about the time i oh. met Michael Jackson. Girl in Buenos Aires. I got a girl over in Cancun. I got a girl in... And you're like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> More hey, power man, to him. Party don't stop. Yeah, dude. I mean, live your life, I guess. Quincy Jones. Quincy, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Notable, collab- notable com- musical collaborator of convicted rapist Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, man. They were hanging out at the same parties. Yikes. So... Yikes. Wait, no. wait on the Quincy Jones opinions until all the facts come out, maybe. Well, the thing... Listen, he was with Michael Jackson, too, and that yeah. guy was living off the wall. Yep. <laughs> yes, he was. And the fentanyl. He might have been bad. Well, no, might have been fentanyl. dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, all right. I don't oh really know. Oh, my God. This music... This was a great music news segment. <laughs> Yeah, do we have any more music uh, news headlines? Michael? Rest in peace to Roger Hawkins, the Muscle Shoals drummer who was who oh, played yeah. on like all the Aretha Franklin things. Yeah, uh, he died, seventy five years old. So rest in peace to him. Uh, and the Rolling Stones interview uh, special edition with Evanes- Evanescence's Amy Lee. So that'll be something to really <laughs> look forward to <laughs> reading. <laughs> 
Is, is Evanescence still a band? Who cares? I mean, you do. You just read the music news. I was reading it ironically. <laughs> this guy. No, no disrespect to any Evanescence fans out there. No. You know. No. I'm just. I'll disrespect it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll disrespect it. Oh, also, Rammstein's going on a tour in 2022. Oh, uh, with me... Evanescence? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, can, can I can I bring up a topic here? Yeah, sure. please. Have do. you guys been seeing these outrageous uh, uh, music festival headlines that are coming out where like the bands are not matching at all? It'll be like they never do though. It'll they be have to like get the variety. But this is like yeah. getting. I mean, I, I get know. like the ones where it's like you have a metal band and then a rap band and then like a pop group. Like that's yeah. cool. Like that's you know all. The, yeah. But if it's like a rock festival and they have Metallica headlining and then the Offspring is right before. Yeah. These need to stop. These are horrible. Who is booking these? It's like I think I saw one the other day that was Metallica, The Offspring, and then Social Distortion, which was horrible, horrible. I think the thing is, is that Chevelle. I saw Chevelle on a lineup. Oh, Chevelle! I mean, you're talking about they're trying to sell tickets to 43 year old dudes. Yeah, that's what it is. No, it's crazy. true. And the thing with that, I think too, is is like, like let's be real, man. Everyone's getting vaccinated. I mean, the three of us are all vaccinated at this point too. Like. I mean, things are going to start opening up, and you know damn well, Ticketmaster, Live Nation, all these, they're all trying to, that's it, man. Cha-ching, cha-ching. So they're like, yeah, fuck it. Put Smash Mouth in the Offspring opening for Metallica. We'll have a great time. And you're like, all right, I guess. Let me, you know. Summer summer festivals have always been that to me, though. Like It's the mishmash of what the fuck is going on. Because you just got to throw everything at everybody. Yeah. Unless you're talking about like Ozfest, which like stays in one lane, yeah. But, like the big ones, Coachella and all those, it's like it's very random how what kind of artists they have. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if EDM is going to continue to be like a huge thing. I mean, I would assume it would. I think it always will, but it's in its own thing now, like Electric Daisy Carnival and yeah, festivals right. like that. That's yeah, the yeah. biggest, but. There's a ton, like there's way more EDM festivals than you could even think. Yeah, of I mean, are. if you think yeah, about right. it, like Burning Man's kind of an EDM festival. Burning Man, yeah. At, at some point, like if you just look up EDM festivals in America, there's probably a huge one every single week of the summer. Yeah, like a huge one. But it's all like you know, it's DJ artist names that I don't recognize because I'm not into that music in any way. Right, so. right. I well, just I think there's so many. Of them I just too. thought there was like a bunch of cra- crazy booking, you know, together, you know, pairings that didn't make sense at all. Yeah. And then also, um, what I saw too was like crazy, like to even think about, but like booking out like two years in advance now. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, come see the the original Misfits. Oh, in I saw two that. years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that was. I thought original Misfits was this summer Riot Fest. Yeah, they're doing more, but they. Yeah. I think that that Riot Fest. I think that's for next year, twenty twenty two. Oh, was it? Yes. Which yeah. is, I was like, what the heck? Yeah, well, I think people are just, you know, itching to get outside, itching to go, you know, and be part of a large crowd again. You know, I mean, they've already been doing that in fucking Florida anyway. So who gives a shit? And booking so far in advance makes sense because this summer and fall bands are gonna be trying to make catch up from shit they had to cancel from last year. Right. right. So I don't know. I'm hoping it forces some uh maybe some like, you know, cool situations where you get to see like more club tours, more smaller dates, more like bands just playing to like, you know, whatever instead of like, you know, so these gi- yeah, these giant stadiums and Yeah, you know. All that Do you stuff. like I think Luke and I may have talked off air. Do you like arena shows? I mean, I'm I- Or have you gone to an arena show that you really enjoyed the experience? 
Not really. No. Not really. It's just there's just too it's just too big, man. It's yeah. too big. There's the weird lag. There's the and I understand they're trying to accommodate people and that's kind of in a way, right? That's kind of like the mark for the band's success in that way. Like, oh, I played a however many thousand seat uh, seat arena or yeah. stadium or whatever. But at the same time, it's like it's just too big. It's too big. Have, I, have you seen any in basketball arenas, or have they all been like football arenas? Uh, no, uh, the opposite. Ba- I've only seen them oh, in like basketball, basketball style. That's like, like type arenas. Twelve thousand. Yeah, which 000. isn't that bad. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen one like an out like. Like you saw the stones, yeah, at the, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 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 yeah, so there's like seventy five thousand people. That or was yeah. insane. Yeah. It was an experience to like. It was cool in that like everybody there was so pumped to mm-hmm. see the stones, and that you it was like you know all thousands of people being excited in the right. same reason. That part was cool, but like I mean the sound it sucks. It doesn't sound good. You know what I mean? Right, it's, so I mean it just, like, blows off into the air and then, like, just, like, shoots back at, like, weird directions and pings off yeah. stuff you wouldn't think it would. And... In my experience, I just <laughs> always prefer, bless you, uh, like a theater. I always feel like a th- theaters club. are the best. I'm a club guy. I'd rather stand and be sweaty and bodies on Well, yeah, depending on who you're going to see, right? But, like, I remember... The theater, you're talking, like, 5,000, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, depending on... Because, I mean, there's like there's like the Webster Theater in Hartford, which I guess is technically considered a theater, even though most that's, of it's standing. That's and it's... my least favorite venue. Right. I'm not saying that that's a good I've venue, but I'm just trying to say in terms to. of in terms of size, like or yeah. like a Lupo's that... or like a uh, Palladium, you know, like that. I think that size, that kind of a venue, that size of a venue is probably like my, my preference because it's like a yeah. club meets a theater. It's not like a. It's not like the Oakdale Theater where it's like there are there are seats and there's the pit and it's right. like very very much like this is a musical theater. The, you know. Oh my god, the Webster. I like the rundown gross theaters that smell like stale beer and piss. Yeah. <laughs> like the Webster Theater, I hate that theater so much. Well, you're gonna it, love the Webster Theater. Then. It's all it's concrete. There's bullet there's like, holes. There's in the nothing in walls. it. So like if there's like if it's not packed to the gills. It's just the, again the sound is just yeah, bouncing yeah. from the front to the yeah, back, it's the all front concrete, to the back, the right, front to right. the back, and it's just like ding dong ding dong ding. The Webster Underground's way better. We played what? Yeah, I played the Webster Underground one time. I have played a bunch of times. That, yeah. that was that was one of my favorites. That good tiny venue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, there's pros and cons to all of them. I've only seen one show in a football arena, and yeah, it's kind of just you watch the big screen the whole time, and it's. Whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's so it, it's so it wasn't like bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just I like if I'm gonna go see musicians or something, I like a certain level of intimacy with the artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like that's cool because you, it's kind of like one shot, huge one shot deal and done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, I feel like you just you just lose a lot, man. Especially if because I I remember. We went and saw Jay and I went and saw Fleetwood Mac at uh, what what used to be the Hartford Civic Center. I can't remember what the hell it's called now, the XL Center or whatever the fuck it is. But the Old Meadows, the old yeah, no, the Old Meadows is the um, Comcast, Comcast, the Xfinity. Well, that's where we went and saw Tom Petty and um, Outdoor, yeah. yeah. Which that's I I don't mind that one. You know the lawn the lawn seats are you know they're all right whatever. Yeah, it's a cool amphitheater. But the old yeah, but like the XL Center, what it is now, I knew it as a Hartford Civic Center. That one, it's crazy. Like once you get into the nosebleeds, it's kind of like why are you even why are you even there? Like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just 
per, some people don't care, right? Some people will be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll spend $35 on being in the last row in a giant basketball yeah. stadium. It, it doesn't bother me. But for me, it's like. It depends on how excited I am about the artist. Like one time I paid like $15 to go see, you know, like a couple of people I don't care about. And then you sit up and the nosebleeds and, you know, whatever. Yeah. That way. But if I, I'm excited about it, yeah. you know, it sucks to be up on the nosebleeds. Just wait and go to Mohegan Sun. That's what I say. Just wait. Or just really wait. And but that's you a can basketball catch... arena that I like to sit in. I think that one has I feel great... like their nosebleeds that... aren't bad. Their nosebleeds are, are still yeah. tolerable. Because that's not a huge arena. That's probably, I don't even know. That's a great, I, that's a great venue Maybe. to see a show in. I mean, as far as like arenas go. I love uh, that. I always found there wasn't really a bad seat in the house at Mohegan Sun Arena. Yeah. I saw one show there that was like pretty of a horrendous sound oh what show did you see same show that i think jade was there it was uh aerosmith and lenny kravitz bad sound bad sound really it was just pink like the lows were just like shaking the fucking screws out of the wall i I saw an alice cooper show in the uh foxwoods mgm whatever theater that was like that, and it was just like the drums were blown out. Oh, is that the oh. one? Is that the same theater that we saw Jeff Beck and yeah, Buddy yeah, Guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I also, at the Aerosmith and Lenny Kravitz show, I was in the luxury booth, so that might have had to do with it, too, because uh. I believe there was a glass thing in front of you. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's it like an enclosed just been part booth. of that, too. Mm. Yeah. You sound a bit jaded. Jaded. <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah, I, I, don't I, I like the outdoor stuff, kind of though, because yeah, outdoors, outdoors, summer shows. It's like as long as you get there in time, or you're, you know, my size or bigger, you can push through the crowd and get closer. Yeah, like they're pretty decent. You're outside, so the sound is kind of just like you have to be right in front of it, or else it's just right, whatever. Um, yeah, because it's all like what the direction of the speakers are yeah. and all that. Yeah, but I like I like like a nice a, a nice like festival style setting for like an outside you know like a strange creek or a worm town like where it's kind of like it's a small outdoor yeah kind of stage i like the mini stages though like in the woods yeah yeah those are fun too you know yeah because those are outside but so the main stage gets the thousands of people you know two three thousand people then the small woods ones the smallest one really there's 75 people 100 people yeah and then the medium-sized one you can gather 500 maybe yeah yeah, yeah. Packed in. Yeah. Which I, I like seeing shows at that size. Maybe not 500, but like 3,000 or less is mm-hmm. like my ideal crowd size. I think it's everybody's more involved and you don't have anybody who's like just sitting there to watch kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But especially the, the, the festivals too, because it's a cast of characters that yeah. that come in and out anyway. But Oh, it is. But yeah, um, I would say that... The five Trans Siberian Orchestra concerts that I've seen oh, at yes. at, uh, at Mohegan Sun were always fun. They never let down. Yeah, it snowed on you. You know, they had like flamethrowers and shit on stage. It was fun. <laughs> Santa with a flamethrower. But I saw. <laughs> I remember my my mom. I'm so excited. I'm going, and I'm like, oh, cool. She go and buy you a ticket. I'm like, nope. And she's like, why? I'm like, I saw it once. I'm good. And then yeah. she I, and then she gets. And she's like. I could see why you didn't want to go again. <laughs> I was like, there's no fucking orchestra. There's no fucking tigers. There's no fucking tigers. <laughs> this is not Siberia. Um, not one member of the band was trans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> False advertising. 
That's how I felt, bro. Yeah. No, they put, listen, man. It's like you got one guy prancing around with a blue violin. You call yourself an orchestra. Get out of here. An orchestra of one. <laughs> Wearing tails. Oh. Yeah. Um, but no, I saw, I'll say. Carol I, of the hells. Carol of the snails. <laughs> I, I saw. Um, I did see uh, Queensryche and Judas Priest at Bohegan Sun Arena, and that was a great show. Judas Priest was good, aside from Rob Halford's harrowing screams. <laughs> yeah, was Electric and, eye! Uh, it come was out cool. on a motorcycle? Oh, yeah, he did the whole motor. But again, like, you're talking about sound, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's revving the motorcycle, and it's just white hot noise. There's yeah, no yeah, clear... Like, yeah. in other words, if you... If you had a blindfold on, you wouldn't know that that was a motorcycle that you were hearing. You would have just been like, "Jesus, what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> like it just sounded like white, white noise. Because I'm sure in arena they they mic it. I'm sure. Of course there's they a, mic there's it. There's a lapel mic underneath the mufflers. I'm pretty sure he just held the goddamn <laughs> microphone next to the exhaust and just revved the balls off of it. He's just like metal, metal. But I love Rob Halford. Hell bent. Hell bent for leather. So. Anyway, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Um, I don't know. Has anybody been listening to anything good, worth sharing? I listened to some uh, Terry Collar. Uh, it was uh, what, what Color is Love. Um, if we were talking about like uh, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, that album is uh, it's a lot like that. Um, it's got like a kind of soulful acoustic guitar, a lot of jazz flute and Ooh. funk soul on it. So uh, jazz flute. I would definitely. You ever hear that album, Jeff? I have not. You would love that album. Yeah, text it to Terry me. Collar. What color is Terry love? Terry Collar. I've never heard of that artist. Oh man, it's really good. It came out on the uh, Cadet label, mm. um, the subsidiary of Chess Records. Um, Terry Collar's from Chicago and like grew up with like Curtis Mayfield and uh, stuff like that. And another artist that actually we were talking about today, but I can't remember. But um, yeah, Terry Collar. Uh, what color is love? It was you know great listen on you know yeah. Sunday afternoon yesterday. So oh. it's just mellow and soulful and mm. great great lyrics, great melodies. So and it's a lot like what's going on. So check it out. Yeah, I uh. Did a little Busta Rhymes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love Busta Rhymes. Uh, when Disaster Strikes was the album specifically that I was listening to. So, like, the whole world looking at me. When Disaster Strikes. So hardcore. Turn It Up is a great tune, too. That's, like, it's got, like, a great beat. Um Get off my block, body rock. You know, there's a there's a bunch of good tunes on that album, so I definitely suggest listening to that one. I not mean, a hits album. I don't think there's a hit off of it. No, it's it's definitely like when you compare it. It's his third album, third or fourth. Uh, that is his second album. Second album. The Coming is the first one. Right. That's 1996. Uh, and then I want to say, yeah, Extinction Level Event, The Final World Front. That's yeah. 1998. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got you know. He, I think, yeah, he released an album 2020, and then the coming, the 25 year anniversary, uh, came out this year um, for his first album. So yeah, I've just been enjoying some of that. I did a little bit of Charles Bradley too. Oh, nice. I do love me some Charles Bradley. R.I.P. Um, what they, what was his name? The something Eagle. The Screeching Eagle of Soul. Screeching Eagle of Soul. I mean. <laughs> His first album's amazing. No time for dreaming. That's the one where he's like laying down. Mm. Um, oh yeah, I love the song. The world is going up in flames. Uh, Victim of love. Also, you know, like 
You put mm-hmm. the flame on it. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confusion is so is so much fun. Um, and then obviously the album changes. Like God Bless America. Just that opening track is just like it's just so good. Uh, Ain't it a sin's a great tune. Uh, yeah, so I love Charles Bradley. He's amazing. Black Velvet. That's a good album too. Luke got me that album uh, a couple yeah. years ago on vinyl. And then that's Jeff and I. Listen to a little, a little uh, Ten Thousand Days" by the band Tool. Oh yeah, fifteen year anniversary this past week of yeah. that album's release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the other day. So that was fun. Tool's uh, fourth full length album. Yeah, a little bit of the pot. That's a great song. Vicarious. Vicarious. Jambi. I loved the. Uh, I loved the the album, the CD, mm. like where I had like the the eyes. Yeah, the, the Alex like, Gray, the, yeah, like the goggle looking things. Yeah. Oh my god, that was that was fantastic. So, so yeah, cool. so kind of a kind of a a, a broad yeah. uh, musical uh, thing for me, but uh, also a, a little ELO. Ooh. I, I got. Oh, I, thank you. I I've went been, back and listened to. Some I told ELO. you, man. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Jeff Lynn, man. Yeah. Come on. Great. Incredible. Dude. So many hits. Yeah, so like you hits. think that they had like three or four hits, they had like twelve or thirteen. Well, that's you know that's the thing that we were talking about on the podcast last night when I was recording with Danny and and, and the boys uh, is like there's there's certain I think there's certain artists that you like listen to them and you go like, oh shit, I didn't realize that I know so many of their mm-hmm. songs. And ELO was definitely one of those bands for me, like listening back to them. And Chicago too was another one where I was like, oh yeah, that's right, they did do this song, didn't they? Underrated ELO so- song, uh, Big Wheel. It's like a slow burn one. It yeah. sounds like, I mean, I like a lot of their stuff. It sounds like Paul McCartney stuff. But. Yeah. Speaking of Paul McCartney, I went crazy with the uh, the Wings this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Kept listening to Ram, and then I listened to uh, Wings Across America, and yeah. then uh, uh, Wings Speed of Sound. So What's the one? It's called like Red Rose Speedway? Is that yeah, what it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so familiar with that mm-hmm. one, but um, cool. I oh, also did some uh, Wildlife Another oh, yes. Wings mm. first record. Did they have one called like Jupiter? Something? Jupiter and Mars? Yeah. Yeah, that's a dope one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's got, Band on the Run. Yeah, it's got like ro- uh, rock shows on Jupiter and Mars. Yeah. Dude, uh, yeah. See, I've been getting my wings. I, I, I've been digging the corniness of Get Paul your McCartney. Wings. Yeah. Um, I've been rocking uh, an album that I was mad that it was not streaming for many, many years. And then I found out via a Facebook friend's post that it's now been on streaming services has been available for like six months and it's the soundtrack to an anime called cowboy bebop that came out in the early 2000s uh the soundtrack is made by a japanese band called the Seatbelts, which is like big band jazz fusion they cover a little bit of every kind of style but it's really worth checking out if you like jazz music if you like the snarky puppy style Mm. A little bit of everything, jazz fusion stuff. Check out the Cowboy Bebop's uh, soundtrack by the Seatbelts. Really, really, really good. And it brought me back to listening to it when I was like 13 years old. So nice. that, that used to play in Adult Swim, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, then another one I've been listening to, uh, my cover band, 20th Century Kids. We have a gig this Friday at Strange Brew in Norwich. And so I was re-listening to a bunch of those songs to get it more in my head. And Cake. The band oh, yeah. Cake. Uh, underrated band um, just a great kind of I mean they're like dad rock now at this point because they're all like 50 years old but their stuff from the mid 90s early 2000s is just uh, really good lyrics really minimal kind of funky music kind of like it's like funk soul a little bit like 
country mariachi style. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, Don't they have a trombone player? Trump, yeah, they have a trumpet player. Um, a trumpet player. So I, I like... So I was listening to a lot of their albums. Uh, the first four albums in particular were ones that I was kind of familiar with, and I was listening to all those deep cuts this week. And uh, someone else I've been listening to, highly, highly recommend if you like R&B music, Amber Mark. Um, she's released uh, maybe one or two full lengths and like three or four EPs. She has one of my favorite voices and her music is, it's like dancey soul music that kind of has this like Latin Brazilian kind of flavor on a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just check out anything Amber Mark great music for this time of year when like the temperature is getting over 75 degrees it's just yeah. like it's the best because it's it's not pound into your skull dance music it's like this kind of like dreamy just like sultry dance music stuff nice yeah really good great singing great, cool great singing well check that out uh you can find us on all social media and all that stuff you guys feel uh you feel all right for today Feeling alright. I'm like Iggy Pop over here. I feel alright. I feel alright. Alright, well <laughs> uh make sure you like, share, and subscribe our podcast, guys. Especially if you're on listening on Apple. Give us a star rating, drop us a comment and stuff. Unless the album Not talk, a one star rating, a five star rating. Please keep it at five. Nothing less than Give four us a though. Star. Uh, if you if you do, I'll I will find you. <laughs> no, uh, and, and just I have let's a very see, particular set of, skills. <laughs> set, of, set of skills, none of which involve tracking anyone down, though, unfortunately. But they do include making pancakes, so that's just where I'm at. No, uh, so yeah, uh, and if you if you like and subscribe and share and all that stuff, it lets it it, it awakens the algorithm, like oh, like the tiger in the desert in Aladdin. Who oh. disturbs my slumber? <laughs> no, this only one man here. It's the diamond in the rough. So be our diamond in the rough and rate us, please, would you? Uh, and like I said, uh, much to Elon Musk's chagrin, it it, it, it it awakens the AI robots and uh, goes, "Hey, get in the garage. What's up?" So I have no idea what you just said for the past like three minutes. <laughs> Well, hopefully the listeners are following. <laughs> like and subscribe, guys. Sometimes, sometimes I open my mouth and I don't even know where. It's just impro- it's whose line is it anyway lately. It's just improv. You know, what are you going to do? But it's not the content you want. It's the content you deserve. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Come and ride the train. Yeah. Get in the garage. Get in the garage. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everybody. We love you. And, uh, yeah, see you next week. All aboard. Well, all aboard! <laughs> This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.